0: All right, good morning everybody and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Craig F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is February 11, 2019. Um, Today we're reading from the Big Book. Uh, We are at page seven um, on the third paragraph, starting with, but it was not, reading through two paragraphs, ending in But that was over now. Today's readers are uh, uh, Kelly S., uh, Martha Z., Allison L., uh, and then for the text, and then the 12 steps, Allison E., and the 12 traditions, Amy K. Uh, The reference number for uh, yesterday, Sunday, Special Edition was 12,528, one, two, five, two, eight. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Allison E. to read the 12 steps. Allison?
1: Hi, good morning. This is Allison E. from New York, compulsive overeater and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Pass.
0: All right, thank you. Um, now I'm going to ask Amy Kay to read the 12 traditions, please.
2: Good morning. It's Amy K. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And these are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, Finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service.
3: I pass.
0: Thank you, Amy. Appreciate your service. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page seven, the third, par- the third paragraph it begins, but it was not, reading two paragraphs, ending with, uh, but that was over now. Okay, um, I'm going to ask Kelly S. to begin reading.
4: Well, good morning, Craig. Kelly S., Recovered hmm. Compulsive Overeater in Oklahoma. Two okies on the line today. Um, Okay, so, but it was not for the frightful day when I drank once more. The curve of my declining moral and bodily health fell off like a ski jump. After a time, I returned to the hospital. This was the finish, the curtain, it seemed to me. My weary and despairing wife was informed that it would all end with heart failure during delirium tremens, or I would develop a wet brain, perhaps within a year. She would soon have to give me over to the undertaker or the asylum. They did not need to tell me. I knew and almost welcomed the idea. It was a devastating blow to my pride. I, who had thought so well of myself and my abilities, of my capacity to surmount obstacles, was cornered at last. Now I was to plunge into the dark, joining that endless procession of thoughts who had gone on before. I thought of my poor wife, There had been much happiness after all. What would I not give to make amends? But that was over now. All right. Well, um, just a reminder. sounds like somebody's not muted. I'm getting an echo. Um, Anyway, so um, just a reminder, the paragraph before that we read Friday was about uh, Bill getting that self-knowledge, and now he understood himself, and now he was really going to get this under control. And obviously, you know, he didn't. (laughs) <laughs> and that was my story too, you know, it's like, um, you know, the thing for me is that frightful day always, always came when I ate again, regardless of what, you know, in my my past, whatever, perfect diet, perfect sponsor, perfect meeting, perfect retreat. Perfect, whatever came, I was able to get on it for a while. But you know, um, of course, those periods were shorter and shorter and shorter until I couldn't do it at all. I could even get a day of abstinence. But that frightful day always came, regardless of what I knew, regardless of of what I had done, um, as far as finding the best whatever. I always picked up again, you know. And I know I talked about this the other day when I shared, but. You know, it's that thing where our disease just progresses. My disease continued to progress, and it didn't matter how much weight I gained. You know, I was 125 pounds overweight, and then in my bulimia, I was 20 pounds underweight, and it didn't matter that I, you know, what was going on with my body, you know. Um, I'm 56 now, and so at that time, I was in my early, early 50s, and I knew all the health risks. I'm a medical provider. I knew all those things. It didn't matter, you know. I, I suffered with depression. It didn't matter what I knew. It doesn't matter how smart we are, you guys. This disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And Bill was a super smart guy, and his disease just progressed to the point that he didn't care if he died or if he went crazy. You know, he talks about the progression. You remember he was judging those people who were jumping. Now he's he's going to join those those thoughts who had gone on before him, and he didn't care. I didn't even care. I woke up every day. You know, I heard this acronym in my face-to-face meeting that I love. You know, we hear about God, good, orderly direction, and he said it was a gift of desperation, and that's what we can't give other people. That's what nobody could give me was that gift of desperation no physical bottom no no emotional bottom is all a spiritual bottom It's a desperation that I finally had to say this is it I'm done I don't I have nothing else I was hopeless I was living in fear hopelessness and you know especially because I want to I'm gonna wrap up with this I really felt hopeless you guys I've been listening to you vision for you for two years every day obsessively And it wasn't working it was working for you guys I was I was hopeless but guess what I wasn't working it listening doesn't do it I know we've heard that but I really thought because I've been listening and calling people I thought I was trying right I thought I was trying but I wasn't really following the instructions as it was laid out day in and day out and just one last quote to quote a master teacher Yoda there is no try do or do not so I finally Did it. I put down the food 100%, picked up the spiritual toolkits and got busy and almost four years of recovered abstinence. Grateful today to not be living in these two paragraphs. With that, I pass. Thanks, Craig.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Um, Okay, now we're going to open up the lines for sharing. I want to remind everybody that we're asking you that if you've shared in the last two days, that means the last Thursday or Friday, if you shared in those last two days, uh, please give someone else a chance uh, in the in these first couple of rounds. Somebody that hasn't shared who would like to hear some new voices on the line. So, okay. With that being said, who would like to share on these two paragraphs?
3: Kathy K,
5: Suri C, Ginger C. All
0: right. I've got Kathy K, Tracy, and Ginger C. Who else?
5: Suri C. Huh? Surrey, sorry? Suri, s u r i, s
0: u r i. Can
6: you repeat the... Can you just tell me the paragraph that we read, please, on the page?
0: Sure. We're on page nine, uh, page seven at the bottom um, of page seven, starting with, uh, but it was not for the frightful day came, and reading two paragraphs.
7: Christina O.
0: Christina Oh, all right. Who else?
8: Christina L.
9: Christina L. Okay.
1: Abby right.
0: S. Kathy S. All right. Let's go with that lineup. Um We'll start with, we've got the twins today. Kathy Kay, uh, go ahead.
6: Thank you, Greg, for your service. (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, This is Kathy Kay, recovered in Boston. And, um, you know, uh, I did not have as dramatic experience as Bill did. I did not end up in the hospital Uh, I wasn't contemplating death or, though, I was headed for death because I was a diabetic and overeating sugar and flour. Um, My biggest obstacle was that um, I was a high-functioning addict, and I just assumed that I didn't I didn't have a serious condition. I was not as sick as other people who wrestled with their weight. Um, But uh, the truth is I was killing my organs with the food I was eating, and I couldn't stop. I was truly powerless over it. Um, And, you know, what this reminds me of and what we've been reading about Bill and his story is the thick denial that's so hard to shed um, you know that first principle of step one honesty uh, it, it, for me it, it has been year after year of getting more honest with myself and my vulnerability um, and you know Bill's starting to do that in his story um, and we can see how many of denial came back to him and I can say for myself that was true too until I really really started working the steps on a daily basis so that I could um stay to my truth and not cover it up with denial so I'm very grateful to be reading this again and to remember what it took for me to get out of the food and what it takes for me on a daily basis to stay out of the food and in in the light as far as who I am and what my devastating weakness is. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kathy. Okay, next up, and I, I'm really sorry that I couldn't make out your name. Is it Susie? Is will you t- spell it for me?
5: It's
10: Surrey
0: C, S U R. S U oh Surrey okay, all right Surrey C then you're going to be followed by Ginger C. Go ahead Surrey.
10: Thank you. Um, well um, okay so I'm still I'm new to the program. I've uh, been doing it for about three years but um, we're really, in and out, but I'm in the murky waters of, uh, you know, desperation, and like I, I, I'm in that point where, I, um, I'm basically saying, you know, I'm just feeling like every, every thing is a devastating blow, and the consequences, I just, I just don't see the way out, um, and I'm in that that point of desperation, um, you know, the sentence right before paragraph today is. Surely this was the answer: self knowledge, and um, it's it's not self knowledge alone. And I made a food plan with my sponsor last night, and this morning, even before I was, even before my eyes were open, I was already planning how I could alter the food plan a little bit, just you know, within what was normal, because um, clearly that's normal. Um, and and it's just, I just I wanted to thank the, everybody in this room because it's It's so inspiring to be with so many people who are still with in the struggle but um but at the at the other end doing the work so um I just wanted to say
5: thank you um and with that I pass
9: okay, thank
0: you sir sorry uh next up we have ginger followed by christina o ginger C go ahead.
5: Hi, Craig. Good morning. It's Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Thank you so much for your service and everyone that's on the line helping this meeting to run this morning. Um, Powerful, powerful, and painful paragraph. And I, too, like Bill, absolutely fell off like a ski jump. And um, I will never forget that day. It was July 4th of 2015. It was Independence Day. I was down in Florida. And I was in a Marshall shopping with my daughter, and um, God blindsided me because God always is blindsiding me for my growth and these opportunities. And I ran into my mother, and I hadn't seen her in almost 20 years, and the pain was horrific to see her in that store. I absolutely fell flat on my face, and I went into food like I had never experienced before. I could not get enough food. I could not stop eating. The pain was just so incredible. And again, thank God for every beautiful bite because that's what finally convinced me. I felt like I was drunk as I had been drinking my vodka, and I had—I was 24 years sober, clean in AA. But that's how bad the food felt, and that's where it had taken me, and the suicidiology. and it was unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I was cornered at last, thank God. Thank God this disease finally got the attention it deserves because it is life and death. And um, and it is darkest before the dawn. But, again, that's what has to happen because if it's going to be an option, it will always be the only option, and that's what happened. I just I wasn't going to give up my shiny medallion in AA. And so when I had painful situations that happened, the bite always entered my mouth. I always went back and I ate. And so again, thank God, because I am so convinced today you couldn't put a chocolate bar in my mouth. You know, and um, and I just pray that I never stop this practical program of action because like somebody said, you know, I heard if you're trying, you're lying. It's about doing it. It's about truly putting the food down in a really clean and clear manner, seeing exactly what allergic component keeps you relapsing and in this vicious cycle and then working it every day. You know, we cannot afford to rest on laurels. This disease is never taking a day off. So, again, I just pray I never stop because I have a head, this brain that fills me with lies, and I believe the lie. And sometimes I'm like, man, I'm tired. This is really hard. This is a lot of work. And thank God my muscle hasn't stopped moving. And that is only because of the grace of God as well. So yeah, it takes what it takes. And I hope you get cornered at last because the freedom and the opportunities that are there for you are unbelievable. What does God does for us? And that's what brings me to tears every time. It's God doing this. I don't do it. I sabotage and destruct my life over and over. And because I finally completely surrendered, now my life has new meaning and a meaning that I didn't, I didn't even dream of. So with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Next up, we have Christina, or, uh, yeah, Christina A, followed by Christina L. Christina?
7: Hi, Craig. Thank you for your service. This is Christina O in uh, Massachusetts. Oh. And um I'm I'm struggling, and um, I come to these meetings every day in the morning uh, before I take off for work, and 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 I hear such positive, um, you know, I hear the struggle, but I also hear people recovering, and I can't, I am so angry about being a compulsive overeater, and having um, and and I'm just praying for relief and and i and i thought well i'll just put it out there so it, it's not the only thing running around in my head and i listen and i really try to absorb and i've been praying and i'm a recovering catholic and and having a higher power is is somewhat problematic for me and I I just thought I would just speak up today and say I'm doing the best I can do. I'm I've been abstinent for the last week, and, but it's a struggle and I hear people say that it's God that will will save me. And um and I I just don't want to surrender. And um I I know this isn't exactly a cheery message, but it's my truth and and I'm doing the best I can do, and I just thank you all for being on the line and sharing your experience, hope, and strength with me because I really need it. Thank you very much. I pass.
0: Thank you, Christina, and, and, and welcome. All right, next up we have Christina L.,
8: Good morning. Thanks so much for your service. And I'm um, so happy to be on the line. This is the first time I've shared on this hour. I've been practicing it, practicing pushing star one, practicing saying my name. And last week, nobody heard me, and I was like, thank God. But then today, there was like silence. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so here I am. And um, yeah, I am scared. Uh, you know, I've done it on the eight o'clock hour, but. Um, Anyways, enough about that. Uh, re- relating to these paragraphs, you know, I didn't, I didn't drink like Bill drank, and I didn't eat like some others in the program have eaten, like I've heard and stuff. And my mom said something to me this weekend that I always used to stop eating when I was full, and um, I don't know when that stopped. I know what what I got this morning when I was reflecting on these two paragraphs was that. Um, it was getting to a point where yeah I was I would eat until I was full but I was taking more and more food so it was only a matter of time before before I was to where you know other people had been and I remember before I came into the program that um I was trying to find ways to get more food and um to not be able to it be known by anybody and stuff I only used cash when i bought food so i wasn't running up the credit card very rarely did i use the credit card and it was only to like a place where i could say that i had a salad like panera or something like that and and i'm sure i didn't get a salad i'm sure that i probably got something else but and god knows what else i got with it but um you know where my disease was taking me was taking me to a place where i was actually thinking about getting a divorce because that was the only way that i knew how to how to um get more food. And I was not a person who believed in divorce unless it was, you know, where I was being uh, abused or that it was, you know, serious situations or anything like that. And that was something my husband and I had even talked about before we got married was that, you know, that we didn't believe in it. Well, well I didn't believe in it, but um, except for those situations. But my husband was like, if you don't want to be married to me, just tell me and you're out the door. I don't care. You know, he had no bones about it and stuff. And, thank you, God, I I believe it was only the grace of God that that kept me from uttering that word in his presence and stuff. And um, and I remember thinking, well, if I get a divorce, then I'll have to go live with my parents. And will I be able to get food there? (laughs) So, um, and then uh, the other thing was, too, was that, um, uh, you know, my bottom came when um I had a miscarriage i was I, I thought that you know getting a new job getting getting skinny um getting a degree, going back to school um would all make me happy and um I blamed all the problems on my husband of course in our marriage and stuff, but really it was all me and um I wanted another child, and so that was that was what I was trying to do was to have another child and um you know i I got I got pregnant and then I had a miscarriage and that was the first time that I had been praying to God for something that I wanted and I didn't get it and I was I was cornered I was once I had that miscarriage I spiraled downhill and I spiraled downhill fast because then like in the next paragraph that it's going to talk about is you know the the uh I can't remember the words sure. in it but sure you guys know and stuff like that where i was just completely alone you know my husband didn't even want to talk to me he didn't know what Gentle i had a reminder thank you but um i was trying to uh still get what i wanted but um he didn't want anything to do with it so thanks for letting me share all right
0: thank you for your share um next up is Kathy C or Kathy G i can't read my writing Kathy
11: Hi, I think that might be me, Abby S. <laughs> hmm. Well, I think I think that's me, Abby A B B Y. Um, thank you so much for your uh, for your share and for for leading this meeting and everyone for being there. Um, you know, for me, I'm I'm Abby S. from New York, a compulsive overeater. Um, and for me, when I read this paragraph by paragraph, I keep thinking Bill's going to be done. You know, I keep, like, I, I I read a paragraph, and I'm like, oh, he's miserable. Oh, he has self-knowledge. Oh, this is the end of the story. And it never seems to be, you know. And so that's been my story, right? Like, oh, okay, now I'm done, right? Now I'm done. And then I pick up again, and I'm off to the races. So for today, like, I feel like um, I'm for sure cornered, uh, but I have to kind of be careful about that idea of cornered at last. For me i'm cornered for today and if i work it today then hopefully i'll be cornered again tomorrow Um, and i'm so glad to be on this meeting um i agree with what someone said about how this paragraph is so painful but i have to hear the pain and i have to remember the pain in order to do the work today and i guess that's why you know step one is there i'm working with someone right now who was just saying how step one feels like it's taking forever and i feel like you know if you don't understand the disease and you don't know how miserable it is at a deep level why would you do any of the work um and so for me i know this is so miserable and so for today i'm really grateful to say i'm cornered and um and i'm ready to you know pick up the spiritual toolkit um and this meeting is amazing. Um, I almost never share on it. I'm so grateful to be able to today and um, thanks for your service.
0: <clears throat> okay, thank you, Abby. Sorry I messed up your name. Um, all right, we're gonna open the floor back up. Uh, so um, first for people that uh, haven't shared in the last two days and then we'll open it up for everybody. Who would like to share?
12: Lynna Sandy W.
0: When is Magde- Sandy? Magdalena, Dev- Magdalena.
13: Magdalena.
9: elise N. Elise N.
0: All right. Um. Alice.
9: G
5: O B. Sandy M.
0: All right. Ho- hold on. Um. Who, who was that? G O B. What did you say?
14: Yes. Sandy
0: G-O-B. M. I got Sandy. Who Who, who was that other one? G O. Oh, Geo, Okay. Uh, I got it. All right. I have Lynn S, Sandy W, Magdalena, uh, Elise, Gio, and Sandy. Let's go ahead and go. Hello, this mm-hmm. is
15: Beverly I. Uh, all
0: right. I'll put you down, Beverly. Uh, let's go ahead and go. Lynn S, please.
3: Good morning. This is Lynn S, Recovered Compulsive huh? Overeater in Toronto, Canada.
0: Uh
16: You
3: know, this line, I knew and also welcomed the idea, just reminded me of what it was like for me. You know, waking up every morning and thinking, oh God, I woke up again, I can't believe it. And just hoping for the end, and I was 35 years old, and that was my life. You know, just, just wishing I wasn't here sort of a thing, and just day after day. And I was thinking about how vibrant my life is now, how wonderful it is now. I have a full life. I do what I want to do. I'm happy. The food is quiet. And you think, what happened? Like, what happened in between there? And the most amazing thing happened because I had to hit the bottom. I had to be standing in my kitchen crying, cutting up carrots and celery stick and two ounces of cottage cheese in this bowl. And I remember just standing in my kitchen saying, God, I can't eat like this anymore and I can't live like this anymore. There's something wrong with me. I had that moment of clarity that I've heard people talk about before they come into the meeting. Where somehow I was I was touched and I can remember, you know, thinking it can't be that God looked down and said, I want the whole world to be happy except for you, Lynn Skilling, and I want you to be miserable. And I just I just knew there was something wrong with me. And somehow, that moment, that was my turning point. And I was found a way somehow. I don't know when I went in and I hated every single second of the first meeting, but I was touched then. And through identifying my foods, identifying my binge behaviors, working the program the way it's laid out in the book. My whole life has changed, and I'm just reflecting on, thank you, God, I didn't get what I wanted so desperately then. Thank you, God, I didn't get that way out, because I've found such a better life. And I'm just, every once in a while, I just need to express the gratitude that I feel to Bill and Bob, and to God, and to the program that brought us here. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Okay. uh, Thank you. Um, Next up, we have Sandy W., followed by Magdalena. Sandy?
12: Yes. Thank you, Craig. Good morning. Thanks so much for your service. Um, This is Sandy W., gratefully recovered in Connecticut. You know, I just can't stop thinking about that ski jump. Grew up um, out in the Midwest in Cincinnati, Ohio, and we had no real skiing out there. But I married a man from the Northeast who grew up skiing, so I kept trying and trying as a young adult to take up the sport. But every slope to me felt like a ski jump, you know, that sharp um, drop off where I had no control and I was just—it felt like I was just free falling. So this time as I'm reading these paragraphs in Bill's story, I can just really visualize and relate to that comparison of, of um, my, the moral and bodily health, my moral and bodily health declining um, also, you know at the time that I realized that self knowledge the self knowledge of my disease was not the solution. Um, you know it was really all those factors, all those struggles, um, all those compulsive bites that I needed to take to get me to that point of desperation to truly work this program. you know the knowledge I gained about myself and about my disease you know I read self help books and went to therapists and health coaches and even did outpatient treatment you know yes it was helpful in many ways but it certainly did not give me peace with food nor stop my compulsive eating uh, but that feeling of utter and complete desperation that free fall knowing my mind and body was failing because of my disease you know as the laxatives and the over exercising Um, which now as I think about it was really not a good combination because of the times the laxatives would come into effect, you know, just in the middle of a workout class. Um, But what all this did to my self-image, my self-respect, well, you know, it certainly felt like I was dropping off that ski jump. Um, But again, I now know that what I needed, that that I really needed that entire steep decline to propel me to get to these rooms. And um, and it's when I found the the those concrete directions, our concrete directions, spelled out in the big book. That's when I found, finally learned truly how to ski. You know, I've I've pretty much given up downhill skiing, but I've taken up cross country and. Um, contrary to many other more um, risk takers when it comes to sports, I love to climb uphill um, with my cross-country skis because even downhill with those is frightening to me. And it just reminds me, too, that, you know, even with every stumble and fall along the way, this program, too, offers us a beautiful climb up the mountain of recovery. And um, I'm just so grateful to be there with all of you today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, Magdalena W, followed by Elise N. Magdalena?
13: Oh, hi. Magdalena W from the UK. Compulsive overeater, restrictor, anorexic bulimic. Um, yes, I thought I should share today. Um, the thing that really hit me was the um, this idea of how he sort of plummeted to plunged into the darker rock bottom and I was just thinking how slow the disease has been in me how very slow because of my um use of control so for every overeat there would be a starve you know for every binge there'd be a, a restriction and so you know I could delude myself with a neon, yeah, with a normal weight, I could delude myself that I didn't have an illness, but I knew I did. It was just really like Bill's story. There was always some more thing that I hadn't tried, another diet, another way of eating. But really, it got me. It got me in my sleep at night, waking me up to eat in the night. And uh, he talks there about the quicksand, and that's what I think, for me, that was... A, below my rock bottom because my rock bottom I could trundle around in my rock bottom for a long time you know, somebody says decorating it and getting some new furniture for my rock bottom but underneath that is the quicksand that sucks you down and one morning I woke up just surrounded by basically cheese sandwiches all over my bed and I thought "This, I can't do this anymore and it was then that I knew that I'd met my match. I'd been overwhelmed and food was my master. I've worked the steps now in a vision and I can honestly say, kind of with a bit of disappointment, I don't really care very much about food. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, actually, but if I look back of what it was over the whole of my life where the focus was always on food, always, it's so strange to be living a life where
9: I uh, think we lost you, Magdalena. Um, are you there? Hello?
0: Okay. What um, page are we what, on,
6: please? Can you tell me what page we're on?
0: Sure. We're on page seven, the third paragraph, but it was not, and we read two paragraphs. Thank you. huh. All right. If Magdalena isn't back on to finish, let's go to Elise N.
9: Elise. Hi. <clears throat> Hi, good morning and thank you for your service. Uh-huh. Um I love this meeting. Um I'm in the rooms for the past um I'm, well, I'm fifty four, it's so the math will get to me. It's early in the morning. I'm 54. I'm in these rooms since I'm 21 and um, I did have about six years of abstinence, six and a half years of being um, less than half the weight I am now. Um, But then I let up on, you know, the spiritual part of this program. I wasn't sponsoring. I'd gone through the steps, but I wasn't sponsoring. And I wasn't working an 11 step every day and I wasn't, you know, I was resting on my spiritual laurels. I wasn't doing what needed to do in this program to, to keep it that way. And um, so I've lost my abstinence and it took me years, years of pain to get it back. And I, you know, I mean, it was in the middle of the night on, on, on Christmas, um, you know, when nothing was open, going to the middle of a terrible neighborhood where there were security guards in the in the store and the only other people out were, were the junkies with me. You know, the other addicts that were not, probably not food addicts and maybe some that were. Um, and, you know, just doing really, really crazy things with food, not being able to work. Up into the uh, now. I'm, I'm the whole. I'm. I'm now. I just wanted to share because I'm, I've heard a few people on the line that were really struggling, and I was really struggling. It was every day beating my fist on the bar, saying, "Today is going to be the day that I'm going to be abstinent." And by and by lunchtime, you know, the little pink spoon and the pint of of the stuff, and just eating the whole thing. And I, for today, you know, I was sitting at somebody's house over um you know holiday and they had um a piece of cake my favorite flavor sitting there on the table and i was just looking at it and i was thinking boy would that taste good but no craving whatsoever nothing just not even interested in trying and that for me is just unbelievable and also, because of that, the way that I'm able to work on the rest of my character flaws and my spiritual life is marvelous that I can get close to my close to my higher power. Um, my daughter used to cry, you know, daddy already died, and now we're going to lose you. And who's going to take care of us? It was pathetic. And she said, it's like living with a heroin addict. Right, because um, she was used to be putting things on a scale, and I wasn't doing it anymore. Now she put her arms around me, and she said, "Mommy, I, I love the way you're living today." I mean, it's so it it affects people around me too, um, and it's something I didn't want to see, but I knew it, and it was very painful for me. Cause I felt like I was just, you know, a non. Uh, just a rotten person, and
0: General you know,
9: and I'm so grateful. I'm really not, and and I believe that every single person on this line, including the ones that are struggling, have it within them to have a relationship with their higher power and to be recovered in this program. I believe that today can be your last. That that you can have had your last compulsive bite before you got onto this meeting. So, anybody can call me they need they need to speak, and they can call the other people on this line that are recovered. Thank you for listening. All right,
0: thank you. All right, next we have Geo followed by Sandy.
9: Gio? Hello, can you hear me? Hello, Gio, yeah. Hi, um, I'm Gio
16: B, Recovering One Day at a Time. Um, glad to be here today and, and listening to all of the shares. I just wanted to go ahead and, um, you know, um, do some sharing today because I, um, what I've learned being in program is that um, when I'm going through difficult situations, um, the best way for me to handle that is to give service. And one way of giving service is by sharing on these lines. So
1: um,
16: that being said, um, I was appreciating the um, reading today about, you know, coming, getting close to coming to a rock bottom and and thinking about it, considering my own life and how many times I've really been brought to the point of desperation even while in recovery because I think that, for me, um, I can be recovering with my food but still kind of be on an emotional bender, and I don't know if anyone else has had that kind of experience where, you know, life happens and you're you're not processing it well and you're not necessarily using all the tools at hand to (laughs) go through it in a healthy manner and the next thing you know, you're kind of, your mind is spiraling, and that's, I guess for me, if that type of thing goes on too long, it can really lead me right back to the food, because now I'm going to seek some kind of solace, I'm going to seek some kind of sedation from my, you know, overwhelming whatever, and how even in those times, um, my higher power has been right next to me, and showing me that, you know, you might be hurting right now, but here's here's ways to move through it and also learning that even these difficult circumstances even the painful emotions that I feel that anyone feels are part of the gift of life Um, that once we put down the food we have the ability to have these feelings before the only thing I felt was anger Um, and now I can feel happiness I can feel sadness I can feel all of these different things um, and not have to use the food to get through it so i'm grateful for that today i'm grateful for lessons learned lessons being learned and um yeah the reading and i think that that's where i'm going to stop so thank you for listening and have a great day
0: everyone all right thank you GLB. next we have uh, sandy followed by beverly r sandy
14: Good morning. It's actually Brandy M. Um, oh. <laughs> with That's a B. Everyone that does night. that, Craig. It's all good. It's all good. All
6: I'm right. Brandy
14: M. I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, but it was not for the frightful day came when I drank once more.
4: I, I
14: was, <clears throat> excuse me. I was to the point where it wasn't. You know, if that day came, it was when. And that's the way I was living for, well, I've been in this program for 23 years. And just a chronic relapser couldn't get it, could not get it. Um, And so this past time when, you know, I was 12 steps, I was, that was such a fear for me. It's like, yeah, I could do this again, but do I really want to put in the effort because I'm just going to end up back in the food. And that was a really real fear of just, you know, not wanting to try because eventually I was just going to be back eating my face off again. And, you know, when it says here, declining moral and bodily health, like how much more could I do to my body? Um, You know, the up and down, the, just the playing with the numbers, the, the torture that I was putting my body through and morally, I mean, I didn't give a shit. I I was doing things that I never thought I would do, you know, to control this disease, using things that never in a million years, like what I have thought my disease would progress to that point of, you know, using drugs to not, not eat, because I couldn't do it myself anymore. And it's funny, they say all the time how this disease progresses. And I remember sitting in retreats, and, you know, I was probably, I don't know, 30 at the time and thinking like there was there was all these overweight people and i just lost this weight and i'm like well can't you just stop like can't you just exercise like that was my that was my deal like if you would just stop and exercise and then you would lose your weight and well i ate that like i ate crow big time because you know in this last bout of relapse it was like (laughs) can you exercise no all i wanted to do was eat all i could do was eat The disease had progressed to the point of not being able to stop. And I had never experienced that before. I was always able to stop a little bit. And this time I couldn't. And thank God for the gift gift of desperation. And, you know, I'm just doing the work now. I'm on step nine. And um, the shit storm again has come into my life. And, you know, Saturday morning, what was I doing? I was out doing my amends. Because even though the shit storm's arriving, I still need to be doing this work. Because if I don't, then I'm going to continue to have the same experiences I've always had. And so I'm so grateful for this program. And I'm grateful that I'm learning that actually self-knowledge is, is not where it's at for me. Um, I have to rely on and surrender to a power greater than myself. And you know what's awesome is yesterday I was listening to a podcast and they talked about depression is... Depression is about not getting, or not God general, not giving me what I wanted. And I'll reminder. close with, thanks, Craig, I'll close with this. God didn't give me a lot of what I wanted, um, but today I'm just reacting and here with you people, um, he's showing up and, and I'm taking it. So I'm grateful and thanks for allowing me to share. With that, I'll pass.
0: All right. Okay. Thank you, Brandy. Um, and then la- next we have Beverly R. Beverly?
14: Hello, is it my turn,
5: Beverly R? Yes. Hi, my name is Beverly R. from Gagesburg, Maryland, Eastern Standard Time. I just want to say I have the gifts of desperation, and I have been brought to my knees, and I don't know where else to turn, and I need help. And uh, I just also wanted to reach out to the newcomers and say keep coming back don't quit before the miracle happens and the message of the big book is listen man there is hope and i'm hanging on to that hope for dear life and that's all i have to say thanks for listening
0: okay uh thank you beverly we have time for about one more share uh two if they're her fast who
3: would like Lindsay to share
0: Bay all right i've got lindsay b and i think it was an anita and i don't think we'll have time to get to you pete go ahead lindsay
17: hi um yeah good morning uh i just one quick thing i wanted to say in the first line the the frightful day came when i drank once more you know as a person that has been in and out of relapse for so many years um i mean decades you know left come back left come back and um For me, the disease has progressed to the point where, you know, I, I it, is a, it I can't imagine a more frightful day than a day of picking up again. You know, despite everything, you know, pain comes, things come in life. You know, pain happens. People die. People, you know, I, those things um, don't scare me. I know that's part of life, even though I don't have to suffer through them. I can feel the pain. But when I'm in the food... It's, it's pain and suffering. And today, you know, it's been a few weeks of um, incredible um, lightness. And there's been a lot of pain, but there's been no suffering. And the idea of going back to that place of not wanting to be on this earth, suffering, and my life becoming so, so tiny again. Is, is is so frightening to me. And it's a good frightening because it's making me get up knowing beyond a doubt that I'm an untreated addict every day that I wake up. And I don't feel good when I wake up a lot of the time, but I know that things will change. It will shift and I turn to God and I ask for direction and all of a sudden the lightness comes back. Um, so thank you all. Thank you, Craig, for your service and thank you
12: so much for yesterday. Pass.
17: Oh, Okay,
0: thank you. Thank you. Uh, Anita, we've got less than a minute. Do you have something quick to say?
15: Yes. Hi, this is Anita L. from Philadelphia. I uh, just wanted to also talk on the frightful day came when I drank once more. And uh, I didn't think of this at first, but it brought me back to our Vision for You conference a couple years ago when one of the speakers said, if you can't remember your last binge, then maybe you haven't had it yet. And if you leave this room without remembering that, then maybe you have to do more eating. And I sat there and I really tried to think what was my last binge because I had so many. Um, I was a current relapser also And uh, so I did relapse one more time, even though I had a year and a half of feeling recovered. I really thought it. And uh, anyway, that frightful day came and it was frightful. And I am so grateful that now I remember and I will not. Forget it because keeping that memory green of where my disease can take me and now living in the recovery and having a beautiful life and being of service, I I hear you, is so much better. And last night I was able to love my sister and be of service to her instead of being in self. And that is what it's all about, giving. So thank you. With that, I pass.
0: All right, thank you. All right, thanks to everyone who shared today and everybody who read and participated. And, uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour uh, Im- immediately following closing. The Share ID, ID for February 11th, that's today, uh, is 12529-12529. We'll now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164. Followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will uh, Martha Z, please uh, read from a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
18: Thank you, Craig. This is Martha Z. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered by the grace of God from Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.